1: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: It was a day we anticipated for its inevitable next step to glory. One in which we could repose, fingers intertwined behind our head, awaiting what Stefan Tuitt called an easy one. However, it was not to be. It was attributable to one thing.
2: A sucky. (laughs)
1: Sein es, komm
0: Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's December 3rd, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost to talk about a Steeler victory over the Ravens
1: 19-14. Listen, there were some victories yesterday and there were some losses. You're going to have victories in life and you're going to have losses. Sometimes there's even a loss within the context of victory, except when we're talking about bet online, because when you win over there, all you get is money. You get cash, baby. Football's in full effect. We're over, well over halfway through the season. I mean, man, we're in the final stretch right here. You better get in the action while it's still going on. online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on all of that action. We got game spreads, totals, team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And if you're smart, you'll bet the Steelers to win but not cover for every week. And, you know, that's a hard bet to make. The win but not cover? Well, it's an easy bet to make when you're talking about the Steelers. So head over to Bet Online today and use that promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. ARMCHAIR is that promo code Bet Online. Ching your online sports book experts.
0: Who in the listening audience who saw this tweet didn't cringe when they read Stephon Stewart's <laughs> tweet about this one being an easy one?
1: I was in shock. I thought I, I had a double check for the, for the verified icon. I thought that somebody made a Stefan Tuitt Twitter as a joke to say I legitimately had to click on his profile, confirm that it was actually Stefan Tuitt. That was shocking that he said that. I mean, yeah, he's right. It should have been an easy one. And actually, part of me almost liked him saying that because the Steelers should have blown them out by 30. And, and by the way, you know they almost did. We'll talk about that in the podcast. But it also just confirms everything we've thought about the Mike Tomlin Steelers throughout his era, which is they really don't take <laughs> bad teams seriously. And I'm sure that's not just with the Steelers, right? I mean, but the Steelers are one of the examples of the the best teams. When anyone, by the way, when anyone wants to say oh the Steelers aren't aren't, aren't winning that much, pretty sure over the last 20 years they're the second most winning team to the Patriots, the best team we've ever seen. So. Yeah, they win all the time, so it's extra weird when the Steelers play down to opponents. But to it all but confirmed that mindset in Pittsburgh of thinking that games are going to be easy, even when they they never are in the NFL.
0: Look at this year's games and how close they came. There's no reason for the Steelers to think that. I mean, how many games should have been, if not one blowout game all season? All we need to do is look back at the Cowboys. To blow yeah. to a bloss. Yeah,
1: exactly. So yeah, we know. It, but we've covered it. that point at point ad, ad nauseum. It's just a perfect way to start the podcast off. We're gonna talk about that again. We'll probably talk about that this week when they play a really feisty Washington team down to the wire to a win or a loss. Because a loss is certainly not out of the question with the Steelers basically playing a double header. Quote unquote, a doubleheader a few hours after this game, which is what Ben said angrily, spitefully in the NBC uh, post game interview on the field. They're going to play Washington soon here. But what's the real headline here? It's a twofer. The number one headline to me is Bud Dupree's out for the season. And that injury, I'm sorry, it's catastrophic. It's nothing short of catastrophic. When you're talking about the Steelers this year, Number one, Ben. You can't lose Ben, obviously. We saw what happens there. Number two, you can't lose TJ Watt. Number three, you can't lose Bud Dupree. Because when you're talking about edge rushers, you're talking about premium positions who create pass rush all on their own on the outside with one-on-one matchups. Devin Bush, that hurt, but... He's in the middle of the defense. You know, there's other people there. You still have Vince Williams. You still have all those big boys to it and Hayward in front of him. Okay, that's fine. You know, Zach Banner losing your right tackle. Well, hey, we might never know. They might be a lot better run team if he were in there. But once again, we talked about it. Offensive linemen, you can survive that. When you're talking about an edge rusher, there's a reason why they are the second highest paid position in the NFL behind quarterbacks because there's just only a couple guys in the league who can do it consistently there's maybe 10 guys in the league who can do it consistently the Steelers have two of them so I just want to get this off my chest right at the top of of the episode right and I'm very glad we did this today and not last night because we would have had a much different timbre let me ask you first what do you think this does to the Steelers Super Bowl chances I think that it has significantly lowered the Steelers' Super Bowl chances. I will literally I will put a number on it. I think 25%. Yes. I know that sounds insane. Is that a little high? I don't think so, man. I I but by the way, that doesn't mean they can't win the Super Bowl anymore. I mean, the AFC, the whole league is kind of watered down this year, right? But you just have to be worried because, of course, there's just this looming beast of Kansas City that you know is going to be able to move the ball on you, but you know that the Steelers have had a chance of, you know, maybe taking the ball away from them with all the chaos they cause in the front four. The, there is, the thing about the Steelers this team, the Steelers team this year, they're 11-0 because every facet of the game is at least solid. The offense is is, I mean, it makes you want to, Gouge your own eyes out, but they are solid. They have great talent at receivers, we thought. And the quarterback's playing well, um, and there's some continuity there. The defense is pretty incredible. The kicker is great, or is supposed to be great. The kick returner, punt returner is fantastic, except for yesterday. Um, But there's only one unit on the entire team, to me, that is consistent, and that's the front four. Bud, TJ, Toit, and Hayward. We've been saying it all year in our recaps. It's like, and then there's the front four, and they're great. We already know that. They're amazing. They're guaranteed three-plus sacks a game. I mean, it's unheard of. And so many of the interceptions that the Steelers get are really caused by Bud and TJ getting the rush. The Steelers' corners are good, not great. They are a really smart, communicative group, but they are slow. They don't have a lot of fast guys, so it's not like they're out there... We don't have really anybody that can play man to man. So it's not like they're out there just hawking people down like they do in Baltimore. We saw what Baltimore was able to do yesterday in between injuries. So much of what they do comes from that front four and then Minka really solidifying it in the back end. So that's why I think you're taking the biggest blow to the most consistent. I mean, thank God it's not TJ, to the most consistent part of the Steelers team, the part of the Steelers team that makes them special, that one unit that is unstoppable. You know, the Steelers had the killer bees before, an unstoppable unit. And I know you and I have talked about, they never really averaged 30 points a game. That was weird. But part of that was because the defense was so bad that every offensive drive had to be 80 yards for a touchdown. Whereas this year, half of our drives are 60 yards. I mean, the defense puts them in such great positions. I've scored four or five times this year. But what I'm trying to say is there's a group with TJ Budd, uh, you know, Cam, Steph, whatever, that's just unstoppable. There's no team in the entire league that can truly stop them. And that group has just been weakened. But, you know, you still have three Pro Bowl players there. That's great. So that's why it's alarming to me. Now the – and then it's just from the human element, Depressing. Because the guy has the best story ever. I mean, he was basically a bust for three years. Works his way up to be a legitimate superstar player. And, uh, hmm, what, 10 games or so before he's going to get his major contract, which he'll still get a good contract, he gets many millions of dollars chopped off of it with that ACL issue. So that's what I think. That's what I think on the negative side. I can give you the positive side after. But, yeah, what do you think that this injury does to the Steelers?
0: I think it probably... Isn't as bad as when we lost Ryan Shazier. Right. Can I put it in terms of sure. I I'm not sure, sure how to quantify with a percentage. I I think Keith Butler, right. the master of the master of defense, will scheme something up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> with as Alex Smith and his
0: eleven snaps. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. I, look, I don't think the Steelers were on a juggernaut to the Super Bowl. I think their chances were higher than it have been in any recent in recent memory. Uh-huh. But I always thought the Steelers are going to need breaks. Yeah. Sorry, no, no pun intended, are going to need breaks to, to get to the end to win the Super Bowl. And I still think that's possible. And it, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's Chances are greatly diminished, not hard to quantify.
1: I, that's a really good way to put it. Because when, when Shazier went out, you have a, a liability defense that I could at least makes some plays into maybe the worst defense in the entire league. And it is interesting. You lose Bud, and it's depressing. And you're like, you still got three all pros on the defensive line. Yeah.
0: Maybe Paul Amalo is a, a better example. When, yeah. Remember when he would go out, you, you could tell the difference. It was just like you, the hot water just turned to cold.
1: There's going to be a difference with Bud out. I mean, just strictly, I mean, teams are going to be able to roll protection to TJ now more than ever. Mike Tomlin addressed that this morning and said, he doesn't think that will make a difference. He says it doesn't make a difference for a player like TJ Watt, but they're going to, um, they're going to do it.
0: Not, it, it's hard to believe that's true. Do you think that the, I, I will, I wasn't being facetious, I'm maybe a little facetious by Keith Butler, but do you think they're going to dial up blitzes more now? Is Hilton going to be more active in the box and yeah. they're just going to change schemes they're to make have up to for find, that?
1: They're going to have to find ways to do that, but you do not want to have to blitz and change schemes against great quarterbacks and great coordinators like an Andy Reid or whoever it is because it really puts you out of position. Um, but the Steelers, they still have a bunch of great guys on defense. Their defense is not as good. Now, I mean, like I said, it's an edge rusher. These guys get taken first overall in the draft. The only guys that get taken first in the draft are quarterbacks and edge rushers. There's only so many of these guys. It's a catastrophic injury for the Steelers. And last night when it happened, I thought the Super Bowl chances were done, given how putrid the offense has been all year. I don't know why the Steelers fans keep defending it. The offense generally sucks. I mean, they have four good drives a game, maybe three and then usually the defense will set them up with the short field. I mean, they have moments where you think they should be great, but they're so inconsistent they can't be considered a great unit. But here we are, and here's the the silver lining, is that the potential is so much higher. I mean, you know that these players can make huge plays. I think that Ben has played better the past three games than he has the entire season. I know some people said he had some off-target passes yesterday. That's bullcrap. I don't care. We do not care. There were a couple that weren't exactly that. There's a couple passes that receivers in the NFL get two hands on. Whatever. That's going to happen every single game. Do you want every pass to go in the guy's numbers? We'll talk about the drops thing in a second. We're almost burying the lead because really that game is about Bud getting hurt in these drops. But the Steelers have talent elsewhere on the roster. And like I was saying, you got the great kick returner and great kicker. That's not for nothing. The offense is going to have to find a way to step up to be a consistent unit. And my prediction as a fan is that I've seen the Steelers do it before. I've seen them get hot in, what was it, 2016? Was that the year they went all the way to the AFC Championship game when they were riding Le'Veon for 40 touches a game and he was breaking Steeler yardage records every week? This was around the time of the season that year when they were like, screw it, we're just going to give it to Le'Veon every game or every play like when they played Buffalo in the snow, and that's and they turned it around. But my instinct tells me I can't think of many other examples when we're 12 weeks through the season and the offense isn't better than what it was in week two or three.
0: Yeah, in the 12th week of the season, the Steelers scored its lowest point total by five from the next lowest game, which, by the way, was the lowly now 3-8 and Dallas Cowboys. You're yeah. not seeing the upward trajectory, no. Are they no. going to have hockey stick growth? I – Can we talk about those drop passes?
1: Yeah, that's the big theme of the game. Let's talk about them because just my one sentence on it is that the Steelers blew out the Ravens. Yes, it's not one sentence. The Steelers blew out the Ravens yesterday. The Ravens were never close. I know everybody's freaking out because the Steelers played down to a JV team, and they're right. I loved Mike Tomlin's fire and brimstone press conference saying we sucked. We were junior varsity after the game because he's right. But honestly... It was 10 drops. I mean, some people say it's nine. The NFL officially records six. It was 10. I think you have them written down right here on our, on our list. 10 drops. Deontay Johnson was a high school player in this game.
0: Who was, the, who was the wide receiver two years ago? The guy we brought in for Sammy a Rose. year. No.
1: Oh, Moncrief. Who had Moncrief. A 50, who had a 55-yard... Uh, a kickoff return this week for the Patriots, by the way. Moncrief. We should have known that was the harbinger of, of bad news. <laughs> but it was like Moncrief. It was like Moncrief. Yeah, and he's always had a problem dropping the ball. We know that as Steelers fans. I think he was third in the NFL in fumbles last year. As a freaking wide receiver who only gets the ball two times a game from Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. He fumbled and dropped a lot at Akron. That's something that he's going to have to work on this year. I almost think that the how public and how bad he was yesterday might help him going forward. I mean, how you're going to have to take a whole summer to improve that element in your game. Like, people can do it. We saw James Conner do it with pass blocking and uh, Le'Veon doing it with route running and all kinds of stuff. We've seen that happen before, so he's young. You know, they got to get that done. But there was 10 drop passes in the game, and... Maybe three of them were in the end zone or caught on the three yard line that were going to go in for a touchdown. Steelers are one of four in the red zone, but really been through about four touchdown passes in there. The Steelers would have won comfortably by 17 to 20 points if these guys had just caught half of those routine passes. None of them were difficult catches. And the Steelers would have blown them out, and there wouldn't be such an uproar today.
0: How gratifying it was for uh, Mike Tomlin to finally talk like a football coach. Yeah. With anger. And I, I agree with you. I sort of felt like, you know, he always has. uh, Yeah, we did what we wanted. As a matter of fact, he came out after the first half and said, the only thing we're executing the way we want to. The only thing that's missing are these drop passes.
1: He was right. They moved up another field at will. Every time they got the ball, they got to the five yard line. And, And I understand him keeping calm during the game like that but then but you wait till after the game to see the whole, the whole finished product cuz they could have erupted for 20 points in the second half. I understand that.
0: So I have a theory that I gave you last night as I was pulling you from the well of despair mm. about these drop passes. Is this like COVID and everybody got infected with the dropsies? I huh. think it might it had to have something to do with the weather. It was they the did. first sub 40 degree game and you could say all you want about, you know, cold weather town and everything, but there's yeah. a different there's a heightened uh, pressure during the game, and it was cold. And these guys are relatively new guys to the north.
1: Yeah, and, and playing meaningful football late in the year. I'm just shocked that Juju had the drops. I even tweeted at one point, like, I think we might have some soft receiver, some soft warm-weather receivers in Pittsburgh right now. Even the damn Notre Dame guys dropping it. But uh, just throw to Juju, and then Juju has two drops. But I think you're 100% right. And I don't want anyone who's listening to this think that we're we're cutting them a break. But I do think it is something like uh, th- you're not going to drop ten passes in a game again. I think the weird delay of this game, it you know caused some lack of focus. But it really is the cold weather. Aaron Rodgers said something really cool in Pat McAfee's podcast the other day. They're asking about you know being a great quarterback, and they're talking about running quarterbacks and you know Kyler and Lamar and all these great new guys who are in the league. And Aaron Rodgers said in one of the first two. Uh, reasons or like one of the first two tools that make a truly great NFL quarterback he said weather at the very top like yeah being able to throw in bad weather you think about Ben and Brady I mean that's an underrated aspect of Brady he's unaffected by weather he's huge huge hands Aaron Rodgers same thing Brett Favre yeah Tom uh you know Ben what about Drew Brees and Peyton Manning I mean, Peyton eventually learned, but they were ch- they're were choke artists. They were losing the playoffs because they got to play in domes all year long, you know? So playing in the weather is a skill, and it's different in the NFL because every hit hurts more. The ball is thrown much faster than it is in college, especially when you come in from Ben Roethlisberger, and it is something you have to get used to. I'm hoping that the public embarrassment causes these receivers to go in the other direction. And I, before the Bud Dupree injury— I actually found myself sure that the Steelers were going to light Washington on fire in four days. I don't care that it was it's just four days of rest. I just knew they were so bad and it was so embarrassing that the Steelers traditionally bounce back from those types of performances in major ways. And you can track it. We've tracked it before. I remember the Steelers got blown out by the Patriots or something and then were up 40 on the Chiefs in the first quarter. I think they were up by th- Twenty-one points in the first seven minutes or something. So they do respond well. I just wonder what the Bud Dupree um, injury will do to the morale of the team. Will they be able to rally quickly? Hopefully, with all the great leadership. Or is that going to really distract them going into Monday? We'll find out. But this is a huge springboard game. I think the way they're well, it's hard to to get into.
0: It's hard to look at the psychology. I mean, even the professionals couldn't tell from out here. I mean, I would first of all, I think Stephon Tuit comes in with the tail between his legs and fire in his belly to make up for that ridiculous tweet he put out there. The other thing is uh, I do think the public shaming will have to have some kind of effect. I mean, especially on the younger guys. Yeah. Here's what's, here's the other scary thing is the run game. Ben had 51 pass attempts. That is the most since this week in 2018. And before that it was another year before that, before he had over 50 pass attempts by necessity it's working and you've, you've we pointed this out over several weeks that this is mm-hmm. you know you live by the sword die by the sword you're a one-dimensional game i i don't even know how to assess benny snell i mean he's getting a lot of, he was the one guy who got any credit but it's hard to tell i mean he had a great run at the end of the game to kind of seal it for us but is he our guy is that who we've got to rely on
1: i have no problem with the passing numbers i don't i mean look It was a historic game for drops. I mean, when's the last time you saw 10 dropped passes in one game? Ben should have finished. Like I said, even just take out five of the drops. I'm not even saying you have to catch all of them. You're going to have a couple of drops in a game. Fine. Fine. He should have thrown for 320 to 350 yards with three touchdowns, and nobody would be complaining. He put the ball on the money every time. You had an abnormal amount of drops, and then they were able to run in some situations when they needed to, and that's all you need. I don't know why Steelers fans are so obsessed with oh, we need to run more. How many times did you need to watch New England carve us into pieces with 50 throws? I think the, the game when they hung 50 on us, they, they ran seven or eight times in the whole game. Like You don't need to if you don't have to. But here's the thing with the run game. Benny Snell, nobody. the Steelers don't have a guy. I mean, yeah, Connor, Connor usually is that guy. Benny Snell played great. He bounced off of a couple would-be tacklers. He ran strong, finished some runs. He's the least dynamic runner I've seen since Dwyer. But he did an awesome job in this game, like he did an awesome job against the Ravens in Week 17 last week. Mike Tomlin said, basically in the post-game presser, people ask about the run game, he said the only reason why we had any success the only reason, he said, is Benny, the efforts of Benny Snell, the individual efforts of Benny Snell.
0: Well, to be clear, I don't care if they throw 100 times a game. It's actually more entertaining when we pass <laughs> the ball. The scary thing is it was the inability to run it. it. And it's not like we were behind having to catch up through the air. It's just like the— right. we, So what are the numbers? Benny Snell, 16 attempts for 60 yards, along of 13.
1: Yeah, and he was making them on his own. And the Steelers, this is what I'm saying. It's week 12. It's not going to get better. These coordinators, I think, are getting crazy confirmation bias because they've never lost the game, and they're scared to make changes. The first thing I would do right now is I'm moving Filer to tackle, and I'm putting Kevin Dotson in, and I'm starting him. He's the best run blocker they have right now, and he's on the bench. And by the way, he was unbelievable in pass coverage when he's been in there. So I don't know if you're just scared to, to mix it up. But you should change that. You need to try something. It can't get worse than it already is. You know what I'm saying? So, they're nervous about that. Um, these, you know, the Steelers receivers, particularly the young guys, they're not going to drop eight passes in a game. But man, the contested catch thing needs to come up. That first catch Claypool had of the year, that amazing catch against the Giants on the sideline in between two guys for 40 yards, was. It was so exciting because it's like, oh, I, you know, this isn't just a Martavis Bryant run straight guy. This is uh, Vincent Jackson. What, you have coordination on the sideline to make a toe drag high point catch. He hasn't really done that since then. He's had a couple moments. He had that nice touchdown a week ago on that slant route where he jumped up in the middle, got crushed by a guy, caught it. But he needs to get better with contested catches because that deep element of the offense that we've been complaining about for a few weeks – It has come up a little bit in the past few weeks, but these guys need to make a damn contested catch. And if you can get some of that, I mean, there's so much yardage being left on the field. I actually think Ben is playing well. I think that people are are downplaying that a little bit. Uh, I don't think that it's 2018, Ben, right? But I don't think it's that far from it. So, yeah, the run game, it hasn't shown an ounce of improvement. It maybe has regressed. So I don't know why you wouldn't try something different. Uh, like maybe putting a Dotson in. We know they can't run out of obvious formations. Like, the t- the d- the, was there a worse signing than Watt, Derek Watt? I mean, what a useless signing that was. It, you, you can't even run out of those personnels. They should really run more out of shotgun. By the way, also, it's just every week. I told you. We were on the phone. I tweeted it out. If it's third and four or underneath... The Steelers are going to run bunch to one side and a a pick-play slant almost every time. And the the, the problem is it worked four or five times, right, before they eventually uh, jumped every route. Eventually someone's going to jump that and pick six it. And you're really relying on Ben being able to make a decision within – a seven, like 0.7 seconds to make that happen but you need the damn counter off that like run that slant go they did some of that earlier this year so I'm just nervous about the predictability and uh yeah the, the run game's putrid and, and the offense needs to take a step forward with the loss of Bud Dupree and that's my only hope is that there's some real desperation and you know that it, it's really on you now that Bud's out
0: Did you get a chance? I know you missed the very beginning of the game. Did you get to go back and see that initial interception by Ben in the end zone?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to miss the first drive or two or whatever. I had it on to the side, but
0: they still don't have the all twenty-two up, so it's hard to tell what he was looking at when he threw. It was very awkward. You know, running to his left off his back foot.
1: Yeah, it's a bad trend. He's freaking out sometimes in those end zone throws. Was it fourth down?
0: I it was fourth yeah, down. Yeah, it's
1: fourth down, I believe. And so yeah. I guess you're thinking like, hey, I'm going to get sacked. I'll just throw it up anyways. But uh, otherwise, he's, yeah. he was accurate in the red zone other than that. So it's not just a red zone problem. I think the red zone offense should be much better this week. They've been good. I think they're number seven or six. Well, not after this week. They probably plummet a little bit. But their top ten red zone offense, I think they'll be better. He's been mostly accurate. It's just those weird fourth down plays or end of the half plays when he's thinking, oh, I need to get something. It's like you, you don't. You don't need to get something here. Like, it's over. Or, or, I don't know why he didn't get more lob on that ball either. He just threw it right to the guy. So that was weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to drop that many passes. You're not going to be that horrible in the red zone. You're also not going to play a JV team like that before. Bud Dupree, I don't know if they're going to bring somebody in. I would assume not. I mean, Highsmith, it's not as bad as what we had, a f- like, putting Chicolo in. I mean, he's, he's doing well. And then you have Ola behind him, who, who has some experience. So that's, you know, cool. Uh, So at least you can look from that standpoint of, hey, it's not a total disaster. you got some guys who have played, some guys who are decent. Will they bring in like a Clay Matthews or something like that? I know people are out there saying, where's Harrison at? But um, he's in the weight room. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously no one's walking through the door with the cape on.
0: How about the Joe Hayden interception? When you saw him catch, it was great. I mean, it was like scripted it, it looked like um
1: the other one that they had against Baltimore Jackson. was in on
0: it what's that
1: well, it was identical spot in the field and a spot in the game third down on the first drive on their own 20 yard line or under the 20 yard line the same one that Lamar Jackson threw just to, to right. Bob Spokane the first game so it's just right. weird it's a nice little tradition we've developed
0: well, Hayden did a really nice job of staying on his feet because he stumbled. <laughs> I mean, you got to see that replay, I saw. Oh
1: yeah, and by the way, Alex Kazora put up an article for Steelers Depot this week on who would the Steelers' emergency quarterback be if they had no quarterbacks. Just to play off of that Denver Broncos situation, I didn't realize. Hey, Joe Hayden's from Maryland. And B, he was a stud quarterback in high school. I mean, you assume half of these guys were stud quarterbacks in high school, right? Just the best athlete. But yeah, he wore number one, and he just slithered in between people. He's he very smooth.
0: So one of the bigger disappointments, other than what we've already covered, is, is your favorite, Ray Ray McLeod.
1: No, Ray Ray, why'd you do us like that, man? I can't even be mad. When it happened, you get mad, and you're like, okay, I mean, everyone gets one, right? So that's all I'm going to say with Ray Ray. He's been the best punt returner, punt returner kick returner in the league, Corderell Patterson, Patterson being the other one. Everyone gets one. No further comment on that.
0: I will say, it's frustrating to watch, but man, what a man. He did not fair catch that. Probably discretion would have been the better part of valor on that. But if you want the big-time plays, they're going to roll the dice once in a while. Like, you know, my, my rule is if you catch the ball in the end zone, just put a knee down. That's right. 25 easy yards. But no, if he gets it with his feet anywhere close to the goal line, he's taking it out. You don't get the big yeah. returns unless you return it. So I he's won incredible. the game. Maybe it's a lesson for him as far as uh, fair catching. Yeah. And uh, we'll take that as a... Learning lesson. Hey,
1: I just put that into another Florida wide receiver, a young Florida wide receiver who wasn't ready for the cold a little bit. I mean, it was more the decision, right, whether it's cold or not. You, you, you were getting smacked the second you touched that. But, yeah, he's been unbelievable. Somebody, you're going to fumble every once in a while. It's fine. You know, ben throws interceptions. Even Le'Veon would fumble once a year. Even Heinz Ward fumbled. Antonio Brown fumbled twice against the Jets five years ago when we lost that game to Michael Vick uh, the week after Ben's back-to-back six touchdown games. So, you know, it happens to everybody. The thing that you might want to be a little bit more worried about is Boswell's second missed extra point in the last two or three weeks. That's not that's not ideal. He's been phenomenal this year, but two missed extra points. I guess maybe you could think of it as him getting it out of his system.
0: I don't know. Cold weather, who knows what that is, as yeah. long as he's still making his field goals. The other thing that's really frustrating is uh, the touchdown to to Brown, the 70-yard oh, touchdown touchdown. Passed it uh, Edmonds Edmonds
1: ruined Everything cool he did last I take back everything I said about him After the interceptions Last week That was the most Pathetic Unathletic play For a professional athlete I have seen In a little while He I don't even know If you can Qualify it as Going for the interception But he went for the interception After the ball Was already in the dude's hands Completely misses his body And just slides past him Out of bounds It was just I think that they got Really cocky When McSorley went in McSorley blows OK, we might have some some we might have some Penn State fans on here. He is hot garbage. I would love for him to be the quarterback of a team the Steelers play. First thing he does is go in there and throw it directly to Is get rocked by Minka Fitzpatrick on the sideline. Rocked by him. Talks trash. Then throws the ball directly to Minka, where Minka had the easiest pick six of his illustrious Steelers career so far. And his eyes got bigger than dinner plates, and he ended up dropping the ball. But then he sent that, that pass to, to Brown, like, okay, just let him, just tackle him, right? But then you gave him a little bit of confidence. So that was just a terrible play by Terrell Edmonds, honestly. And uh, you see, so he's back into the neutral from the positive that he got the week before.
0: So, Nicholas, Christmas is coming.
1: Christmas is coming and you know what you don't want to get something lame you don't want to get like underwear but you do want to get something that can accent your underwear you want to get something that can make you feel like a whole new man every single day and that's manscaped number one in the world for men's below the belt grooming we've talked about them for a long time listen these kind of these are the kind of guys that shave in the dark these are the kind of guys who eat beef jerky and shoot guns into the air these are the kind of guys who don't fair catch on punts. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. You know the saying. Manscaped has patented skin safe technology so you can actually shave in the dark because they use the lawnmower 3.0 technology to essentially make sure that like it's impossible to cut yourself. It's incredible. I'm uh, I can give you the user testimonial. I've tried. You can't do it. You can shave in the dark like I said cuz they got a light, it's waterproof. But long story short is, just put it this way. I have a leather pouch, you know, one of those bathroom pouch bag things from Manscaped. Just broke it out again this morning. It has everything you need. The, 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 the shaver is just from the future. It's so smooth. And then they have a bunch of balms and oils and stuff like that that you can use to help yourself out as well. Please have some pride. manscape it up. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.
0: You know what I learned this weekend? Hmm. Or after yesterday? What? Parlays pay off big.
1: They do. And they pay they're off big. they're really tough to big. win. They're tough to win, but they pay off really big at bet online. Bet online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on all the action imaginable this season. You know what? Screw it. Steelers are winning it out. They're winning it out. Put it down. From game spreads and totals to team, player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. maybe you can place a bet on whether Derek Carr wearing eye makeup during games will come out or not. I refuse to believe that there's no mascara going on there, but maybe bet online will let you get in on that action. Head to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses bet ching your online sportsbook experts: In the
0: category of obscure statistics, TJ Watt now has 45 and a half career sacks the 10th most of any player through his first four seasons in the
1: NFL. Yeah, I think if I think he has like five or six more to crack, crack the top 5 all time. That's amazing. And I think that he, he will unleash hell. By the way, I, I feel like we maybe didn't talk enough about the human element of Bud. We mentioned it. It's almost like, do you even have to? I mean, we are a Bud-loving podcast. I told you for years on this podcast that I didn't think he could improve. I've never really seen anyone except for Ike Taylor and a handful of guys here or there really improve after their second or third year when he was generally considered a bust, and he did it. He proved me wrong. He proved pretty much – listen, nobody – nobody should ever claim oh I called it everyone thought Bud Dupree was dead in the water and he proved every single person on the earth except for Mike Tomlin and his teammates wrong because he didn't even flash anything of like besides we know he's fast and he's big but he has no moves and then he just came out last year and he hey I'm an elite edge rusher now I got moves I hung out with Von Miller and TJ for a couple weeks yeah I got it done and uh, he's loved by his teammates. I mean, he's played with, like, a broken arm half the season one year and whatever he had on his leg the other year. He's going to get a good contract probably, but like we said, he lost that money. That's just depressing. Him and TJ Watt are, like, uh, like they're step brothers. Like, they are really close. They got all those celebrations, always hanging out with each other, you know, reporters will say like hey these guys are attached at the hip they're always together tj i think is pretty gutted about the loss even jj watt knew that he was gutted about it so he tweeted about it so that really sucks um yeah i don't remember where i was really going with that but it just you know you feel for a guy like that and that's probably the last time we'll see him in a steelers uniform
0: yeah well let me bring it back because uh, we're talking about sacks the steelers now have extended their sack streak to 68 games and what are we a a sack away or a game away from establishing a record, which means nothing as far as the Super Bowl. I just find it interesting to track that.
1: Get it. Go go, get it, boys. Don't let this hold you back.
0: So the Steelers play Washington, the foot, Washington Football Club, as I've renamed it. Right. Monday at 5 o'clock, another game we've got to get out of work early to watch.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah, you're right. That's hilarious. Five so, o- wait, what? It's at 5 o'clock?
0: 5 p.m., Monday.
1: You know what I'm going to miss the whole thing. Uh, I just realized uh, that right now, live on the podcast. The entire thing. I hate you, Roger Goodell. I want to break Roger Goodell's teeth out of his mouth and make him swallow them. That's what I want to do. I hate Roger Goodell. Oh, here's the other funny thing. John Harbaugh complaining about the Steelers' delay of game penalty that didn't happen at the end of the first half when the, when the players were lying on the ground and not letting the Rams get up. Hey, what about your week-long delay of game penalty? Huh? Has anybody complained about your dumbass? Sorry. Holdi- uh, and We can't play today. What about tomorrow? Okay. We can't play today either. Okay, what about the next day? No. It's too hard. Okay, why don't we delay the entire NFL schedule and the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers' schedule one week to make room for you, Johnny? Is that going to be okay? Yeah. But then they cheated, and then they made me wait. John Harbaugh fist yourself in the mouth and die. I hate you. Okay. Sorry. I'm angry that I'm missing the entire game of the season there. It's going to be hard. The the Washington team has an incredible defensive line. They can run the ball in defense. They've got their stuff together. They're not that potent on offense, but they got Terry McLaurin. That doesn't scare me too much. He's awesome, but that's just really one guy. Uh, The Steelers should take care of business, but Washington's feeling excellent after that Thanksgiving Day win. They have 10 freaking days of rest to the Steelers four. the Steelers would be wise to win this game by 14 points. a way to do it i don't care they are much more talented than washington they got to make it happen but i also think the general viewership doesn't realize that washington is actually a team on the rise they're similar to that jaguars team that got such a great defense when you realize oh when you suck for 10 years in a row and your entire front seven is made up strictly of top 10 overall draft players that gets to be pretty good there so it's not going to be easy i still think the steelers should spank them
0: we follow the next two weeks with eight o'clock games first buffalo on Sunday night. 20 and the following week, Monday Night Football against the, the Bengals at, at Cincinnati and we end up uh, Indianapolis coming to Pittsburgh and finally traveling to Cleveland for the ultimate game of this regular season.
1: We'll see what happens. Offense gotta learn how to step it up and quickly.
0: Visit the website SteelersOutpost.com Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost or shoot us an email at Outpost at gmail.com Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
1: Okay, bye-bye. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
2: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen.